0: Welcome to Allendale Market Talk Podcast, Greg McBride and Mike Lung. Mike, we've got a uh, uh, lot of uh, excitement in the, uh, in the markets, uh, some of it uh, down, some of it up, uh, but not a lot of volume to go along with it. You get a little bit nervous when you start seeing uh, some of this volatility uh, backed up by low volume.
1: Yeah, because that's typically when we get the very wild movements. And you're, you're seeing some of that out of the wheat. You saw a spike low came in play. You saw an up day here today, up $0.14, $0.15 cents for the KC variety, up 10 to 11 and to 12 across the board for the wheats. So seeing the lower volume, especially as we get in this time of year, which is harvest time, uh, typically we do see this downturn volume. It's difficult to get people on the phone, uh, and you're not seeing as much, and you can see some sporadic movements for... Uh, really no big reason
0: well speaking of the wheat uh, as we uh get ready for this usda report at the end of the month it's the uh small grains report obviously we've got the quarterly grain stocks report as well um you know we we're we're definitely thinking that we've got some lower production out of the spring wheat uh up in the dakotas minnesota um and maybe parts of uh, montana but uh uh, as we head towards those uh, those numbers, we got an update from Stats Canada today that showed lower than expected canola, lower than expected oats, lower than expected wheat, and that seemed to provide a little bit of a pop to the market. So what to, is this something that we could expect to continue since we've seen this backtracking uh, over the last couple of weeks? Is that something we could expect to continue as we move into the the third quarter uh, or first quarter of the, or this, I guess it's the third quarter of the uh, wheat marketing year, is this something that could keep us, uh, keep us going?
1: Is it something that can keep us going? Yes. Is it going to keep us going? I don't know. You have, again, low volume that's coming in the mix. This is not the most friendly time frame of year for the wheat market. We've already had a pretty good knowledge that everywhere – really north of the Iowa, uh, middle part of South Dakota border has been extremely dry and have been expecting to see terrible crops be coming out of there. So to get the confirmation it's something that i'd lean a little bit more towards buy the rumor sell the fact kind of mentality and unless it's something that is outrageously bullish and more bullish than our expectations you're not seeing a bunch of people backing this movement in order to say this is going to keep us bullish for a long time
0: well i think one of the one of the big things to uh to remember about this and and we've talked i think we've talked about this before on the show is that you know every once in a while you get these supply driven moves but you need to get a demand uh bump as well to help sustain it and that is not something that we've seen so far i mean you look at uh, uh, australia you look at the ukraine um and it doesn't seem like there's major uh major hiccups in their crops at, at this point same thing with uh russia even though we'll be watching you know in december for russia to talk about uh, lowering their export quotas and stuff like that i know obviously uh france has had some problems but uh it's not a failure by any means at this point so is there the potential uh that we have we have outpriced ourselves uh when it comes to uh to demand uh, from other countries here
1: yes and no um Outpriced ourselves from our other countries as long as you have Ukraine and you have Australia, Russia, and France with a wheat crop. We're really never in the mix, we're always a second thought. It, it just we're not the number one pick. It takes a lot for us to ship it out to anywhere that needs it. And typically, you'll see uh, tenders come online and you'll see French wheat or you'll see Russian wheat win. The bid, and we're just not typically the ones that are winning that. So, unless you do see a problem in Ukraine, in France, in Russia, and in Australia all at the same time, we typically don't get a big chunk of that business. Mm-hmm. So, you're you right on saying that we're definitely going to need from here on out to see a demand story coming into play to really be moving this thing. And that's what we saw out of corn beans last year. It's the demand rally that then gets turned into a supply rally where you see that last move very quick because we're pricing something on a short time frame but when you get those demand rallies those are going to be your elongated rallies because there is something to do which is see where we can cut off demand and for corn beans last year it really took a long while until we started to see any kind of demand shaven off because of the price, right?
0: Well, and and uh, you know, you, you bring up uh, uh, corn and beans, and we saw something uh, interesting. And I don't know if you would really chalk chalk this up to anything, any one specific uh, uh, issue or or what. But we got word that um, Cargill is starting to uh, to unload uh, barges down uh, in Louisiana this week after uh, today, actually, after being shut down uh, since uh, Hurricane Ida rolled through. We had some support. We had what looked like a good turnaround Tuesday type mentality in the beans uh, to start out with. Bean oil was uh, was rallying. Bean meal was selling off. So you were getting a little bit of spread type activity there, uh, crush spread activity. Uh, and then at the by the end of the day, we flip flopped. We had all the support going into the corn, and we were selling in the uh, in the beans. Uh, is this because we're still trying to ship out some of this technically old crop corn, uh, and now we've we've broken that loose a little bit? Is it because um, you know? I mean, the harvest down there is is still going on in the uh, in the south, in the delta, in the southeast. So. Uh, what, what do you what do you think uh, was going on today that we saw that's this corn versus uh, uh, bean spreading the way that we did? It could very well just be loosening
1: up on spreads that have already been placed. You didn't see a lot of volume on the day, which is leading me to believe that it, even the smallest activity can make a larger scale difference. So if you did see someone loosening up positions, whether it be – seed salesmen, whoever it is, going into the harvest time frame and you start having farmers looking at what seeds they could be planting next year and getting all those decisions made, you could be looking at that smaller volume affect the market larger. And you also saw today the September futures contracts go off the board as well. So potentially a mix of the both had some to do with it, but you really, really can't put too much weight behind today's trade with how miserable the volume's been the last two days.
0: Something interesting that happened today that uh, doesn't happen very often was uh, December oats traded above December corn. Um, It does not happen very often, does not typically stay when it does happen. I think in the last 60 years, it's happened maybe 10 times. Um, and it was brief that it happened we actually uh, finished back uh, uh, unwinding that spread a little bit uh, where the corn finished I think about uh, five or six cents above uh, above oats and that's not really necessarily an indicator of of how things go but that that spread if you watch it is at its narrowest point going into the fall so it could be that uh, this is one of those things to uh, to keep an eye on. We know we had uh, production issues uh, in oat country. Um, we've got what seems like it's going to be a pretty sizable corn crop uh, coming in, one of the biggest we've had. So uh, will that uh, continue to play out, or will the, uh, the oats uh, finally have a, a failure here? Because, well, let's face it, everything we know about the production issue in oats is known so there's not much new that we're going to hear about that plus that's not really a heavily traded market that's a very thin market so um that is something to to be watching uh something else that uh, was uh, was interesting and and we've seen here uh and we talked about this a little bit during the trading session is uh in the cattle you saw i think it was 13 straight sessions or 14 straight sessions of selling you know about a $13 drop in fat cattle movement and all of a sudden today, we've got ourselves a big bounce higher. And you and I talked about it. It looks like a, a V bottom. Um, you want to explain what that uh, what that means as far as potential for uh, for the cattle market? And this is a cattle market that Rich, admittedly, in our in our last snapshot yesterday, is very very friendly on in the deferred contracts.
1: Yeah, so he's. Long-term, looking at this market and looking at the supply being tightened in and seeing that as a friendly story going forward, but to touch base on what the V-bottom look is, is we had just this massive sell-off, like you said, 13 days in a row of just this downwards movement Uh, for your Fibonacci people out there looking at that time sequence of 13 days. But you got this nice V-bottom, and you have that spike low on the JBS story. uh, Went almost – or went within a dollar the last JBS story which was when they were hacked but came down there spiked low and found some support almost immediately off that spike low yesterday finishing around where it opened and then today saw it open about a dollar higher and continue to pull strength at one point up over three dollars and finished about 70% of their daily bar towards the upside so had some good support and when you're seeing a massive sell off like that seeing that place where people are saying, you know what, this is enough and looking to buy in and then you just start to see everyone else following suit, uh, it looks pretty good for a nice sharp recovery just like you saw sharp downwards movements Mm -hmm. and the fact that we did hold relatively well the price action today, uh, showing that there was people that even at the elevated levels were still willing to step in front of it. Looks good just from a psychological standpoint. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, and one of the things that uh, you know we've we've talked about in the past is is fund activity, and in the funds, or the funds have been selling uh, cattle. In I think they sold twenty five thousand or or some some ungodly number last week. Uh, is this something where they could have seen that as okay? We've hit a good level of support. We have. We know that the uh, that jbs uh, deal is not going to be that big of an issue and now it's time to start to pile back into it because maybe they're looking at the long-term uh forecast that uh, that rich is is it time to come back into this market and and where do where could we project this uh this market to at this point
1: yeah so the funny thing is it wasn't just the cattle market that the funds were piling out of uh last report we saw it seemed like just about everything they were working their way out of in a large way which is interesting because it was after the first week of September and you're in quarter three moving around positions it will be interesting to see as of this next report on Friday knowing that today is taken through um, whether or not they are using this as an opportunity to build back in long because they are getting relatively Neutral to beans, they sold off pretty heavily across the board. And if they use these breaks, especially with the outside day higher for both corn and beans last week, it'd be interesting to see if they are using it as an opportunity to build back in at a lower level and seeing that there is at least some psychological support below five bucks for corn and beans are relatively well supported on that twelve seventy area. Um, and seeing if that is something that the funds are looking at and saying, you know what, I can start to build back in. Yes, this is larger carryout than we saw last year or expecting uh, to see on this next year, but it's still a relatively tight number that we're dealing with. And any small hiccup, if it comes to South America or wherever it may be, could lead to another bullish reaction out of trade with what seems like trade still
0: willing and wanting to hold on to some kind of bull story to keep this market elevated. It does seem like, I mean, obviously we we talk about uh, inflation and, and inflationary buying and all that stuff. But it does seem like with all the bluster we've seen in these markets uh, from essentially April, May of last year when the pandemic was you know pretty much at its worst to this year. Every market's seen some sort of big buying uh, in it, and we 've got inflated prices or at least inflated versus where we were at last year the year before and and whatnot so now all of a sudden, you do have corn that's feels like like you said well supported at five dollars you 've got beans that are well supported twelve seventy maybe we're not no there's nothing really bullish out there just yet, but it feels a little bit different almost like we're just waiting for that bullish story to get us going and that would be you know that could be exports it could be a crop failure somewhere else it could be drought in South America it doesn't sound like that's going to be the case just yet at at least according to Drew Lerner but there's there's about a five or six different things that could spark these markets and who knows maybe it's the right or wrong politician on the tv talking uh that uh, that sparks these markets they hit the dollar and next thing you know we're uh we're in our next great uh, uh rally that uh, like we saw last uh, last fall and and over the winter so
1: mm-hmm. yeah and looking back at different years that have that similar feel you're really looking back at that 2011 time frame there was a lot of chop that took place after we rallied as impressively as we did off of the 2010 2009 lows and you saw it chop into the winter, and then you saw your final rally into uh, 2012 with the drought, and piling on top of that. So uh, we very well could be looking at just a very choppy range going into the either confirmation or uh, rejection of any further bullish story from here.
0: Yeah, and one last thing that uh, you know I was I was thinking about is you know you've got to be very careful about. Uh, we already know that uh, inputs. Have gone up dramatically, so you're looking at fertilizer prices chemicals you name it uh, um, land rents going up and and that uh that is something that will stick around beyond when these markets decide to to back off um, I'm already kind of hearing some uh, some conversations about potential for higher bean acres. I personally at this point don't think that's going to be a uh, a case next year we are just especially here in the midwest we're just geared up to plant corn no matter what yes we'll plant a few more beans but i don't know if no matter what we do for uh for these inputs we're going to complain about them but i think it's still one of those situations where we know what we can do in corn and it's It's just one of those things that if we're going to plant corn and get 200 bushels or 220 bushels to the acre, we'd rather do that than plant 50 or 60 bushel acre uh, beans. It's just one of those things where we can outproduce what the beans can do for us. So it just seems like there's a a lot of decisions out there, and these higher prices hopefully, in some cases, aren't going away anytime soon. Yeah,
1: and we'll definitely be watching that, especially as we get into October. We'll talk about insurance pricing and where that's going to be and then baseline numbers from the USDA. So definitely a lot of good things to be looking out for information-wise as we get in the back half of this month and into October. But if you guys have any questions in the meantime, please give us a call, 800-262-7538, or online, allendale-inc.com. But hey, for Allendale Market Talk, this is Mike Lung, Greg and Pride, signing off. You guys have a great one.